How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Good morning! Morning, DA. How are you? Ever heard a sports talk show like this before? Didn't think so. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. And I'm feeling great. I'm doing great. Happy Monday, boys and girls. One question, one question only. How do you feel? I feel good and I'm doing well. Well, that's all that really matters. We appreciate being with us on this fine Monday morning. Coming your way in 20 minutes. One of the most interesting storylines in college football will happen on the Plains this fall. Hugh Freeze returns to the SEC after... A handful of years of success at Liberty. He is returning to the SEC front. Remember his success at Ole Miss, which ended in controversy, shrouded in probations and negated wins. Hugh Freeze has won everywhere he's ever been. Arkansas State, Ole Miss, Liberty. And now he tries his hand at Auburn. And Auburn is a place where... Politics can be involved in your coaching status, whether people like you, whether you have the right people on the inside that like you. Ultimately, winning does um, prevent some of those politics from absorbing you and crushing you, but they're always there. Ask Gus Malzahn. Ask just about anybody that's ever coached at Auburn. And so it is a tricky place to coach, but man... When you win, there ain't nowhere like it. And I would argue throughout all my travels around college football, perhaps the most the most college football the 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 most of the the tradition and the uh, the ways that you associate what college football is with the sport, with the experience, with the crowd, with the tradition, with the all of the things that are woven into it. Perhaps nowhere better do you feel that, do you sense that, do you experience that, than Auburn. It perhaps is the most prototypical college football experience in that it is distinctly Auburn. It is war eagle chants. It is live animals. Uh, it is the, the show the pomp, the circumstance, 
the guys getting off the bus, walking into the stadium, the statues outside the stadium, the crowd inside the stadium. It is all so kind of like if you had an alien dropped on earth and he said, please take me to college football, you'd be like, well, let me take you to a, a game on the plains. Auburn has all of these things that makes it so college football that it is it is a special place. There's no doubt it is special, but it is tricky. And so Hugh Freeze takes over an Auburn program that is desperately looking for a solution after the Brian Harson implosion. And maybe Hugh Freeze, who won a lot of games at Ole Miss, and it's much harder to win at Ole Miss than it is at Auburn. They got national championships at Auburn. And recently, not so much at Ole Miss, can he take Auburn to where they haven't been in the last couple of years where they want to get back to an SEC West that's loaded and stacked with Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, the usual culprits, but an SEC in general that will look much different next year once you have Texas and Oklahoma join. So we'll talk to Andy Burcham, the voice of the Tigers, coming up here on the show in about 20 minutes from now. On the NFL front, I have been a Trey Lance backer, and I have been a Trey Lance backer in the face of much criticism and mockery. I have always felt like if Kyle Shanahan and the Niners coaching staff can get what they got out of Jimmy Garoppolo, physically limited, if they can get what they got out of Brock Purdy last year, limited experience if they can get what they got out of this team the last four to five years with players that didn't have the same athletic skill set as Trey Lance if they can get where they got without the quarterback being one of the most important pieces of the puzzle what will they do with somebody with that type of arm and that type of mobility and those legs and that athleticism, even if it's an experience, even if it was experienced at the FCS level, even if he hasn't played a lot of football, what could they do with that? And I thought it was completely unfair last year when Lance went down with an injury early in the season, then people kind of use that as a C, he sucks. I would have liked to see Lance the entire year. He was slotted as the starter last year. He was in there instead of Garoppolo. He didn't get the chance. Garoppolo then ended up taking over the reins, and they won a lot of games, and he got injured, so they bring in Brock Purdy. They won a lot of games, got all the way to an NFC Championship game. I wanted to see what Lance was like under this play caller with this running back, McCaffrey, with these weapons, Kittle and Debo, and that defense. Because I believed the entire time that with those assets, if the other guys could do it, he could do it. But I will admit right now that time is running short on Trey Lance. In his preseason opener yesterday, first time he was on the field since the season-ending ankle injury in week two of last year against Seattle, He was pretty awful right out of the chute. He went three consecutive three and outs and took three sacks during those drives. He had a fourth possession in that game, which he led them to a touchdown, 
but it was the only score of the game for the 49ers as they got crushed by the, the Raiders 34-7. to And nearly threw an interception in the end zone on the drive. Duke Shelley jumped the pass, looked like it was going to be picked off, deflected, and went for a touchdown, which was kind of a pretty lucky touchdown throw. I don't want to sit here and say something that I will regret later on because I was very high on Trey Lance then suddenly jumped off the boat and then everything that I originally felt uh, comes to fruition. But I will tell you, time is running short on Trey Lance. And that throw into the end zone that was nearly intercepted, that should have been intercepted, was a pretty brutal read and throw. Um, You know, he has a receiver back of the end zone, but his receiver's covered. He's running left and has to stop and pivot because the pass rusher is coming onto him. And at that point in time, the smart play is not trying to get that throw off and in the middle of the field. It's tucking it and running or eating it to live to see another day because it's first and goal. Those are decisions that a young quarterback struggles to make, but he's not really a young quarterback anymore. He's now been in the system for a couple of years. And after everything that the Niners traded for him, he's going to have to get it here. He's going to have to get it and get it soon. I don't think, based on one preseason first quarter and the three and outs, is Trey Lance is a bust, dump him, whatever, because there is no value to him right now in the open market anyway. There's no trade that you can make to recoup any of the draft picks. They've, I'm sure, already shopped around and tried it because they have Brock Purdy. Um, But the Purdy situation hurts Lance even more. Because last year, pre-Purdy, Niners fans were looking at Okay, who's going to be the new franchise guy? And there was this understanding already that they had moved on from Garoppolo. He was on the roster as simply insurance, but he was not the future. And that is still the case. Garoppolo's gone. But now you have a young guy in Purdy who proved he has command over the offense and you can win with him, whether it was a one-year anomaly, we'll see. But you have evidence that you can win and he can run the offense. So now Lance has to be that. He at least has to show he's capable of running the offense and deserving of a roster spot because you also have Sam Darnold on the roster. And Lance, the time is running out for him to be at least productive. He does not have to be great. He does not have to be the savior of the franchise again, still, anymore, because you have Purdy. But you do need to be productive. And he's not that. He was not that yesterday. I think he has to play a lot in the preseason. I think the Niners have to give him reps. You have to see if that touchdown drive, there's more to that that he can build off of it. And that maybe knocking off rust, cobwebs. I mean, he was coming back first game action since last year, week two. So that's nearly a full year without having game action. You have to allow him some time to, to knock off the rust and Purdy. You know, he's still dealing with the rehab after the injury anyway. So you have some space here. But 
yesterday's the first time where I'm starting to question, okay, maybe I'm totally wrong on this. And yeah, that's possible. I've certainly been wrong before. See the first segment of today's show. So, you know, it's possible that he's never going to get it. But he's got to start stringing together productive drives, touchdown drives, good plays, good decisions. Because time's running out. And at some point in time, the naysayers that never felt like he was going to work are going to have plenty of ammo, which FCS guy barely played his final season in FCS, got to the NFL, has been lauded by the coaching staff of the front office as like, look at all the pieces we'll give up to get you and not living up to it. And the pressure mounts and mounts and mounts. And the fact that they have both Purdy and Darnold and that they have poo-pooed the idea that Purdy would be injured for much of this season and that they brought in Sam suggests that they don't have any faith in Trey Lance. And so Lance is now feeding into that when he's playing by not playing well. And that perhaps this is always a, a John Lynch mistake and that Shanahan has realized early on he'll never get the offense and such is life. We'll see. But yesterday was not a good start to the Trey Lance rehab season this year for San Francisco. Gordon tweets in DA, enjoying the show. I'm back in New York for the week. First time listening at a normal time. Gordon from Vancouver. How about this? A triumphant return after Bob's bar for Gordon in Vancouver, who had himself a day at Bob's. Gordon was the one who won the oil boil contest by coming from the farthest away, Vancouver. He nudged out Avery from the Bay Area by a couple of miles. And then he was the he was the, the recipient of the wonderful prize of being to oil up with baby oil, Pat Boyle's shirtless torso. And Gordon not only got into that, but told stories and tales the entire day of uh, crazy anecdotes of years and lives gone by. He's the ultimate party guest because he brought his own alcohol, Crown Royal, drank it all day long, had the best time ever, in great spirits, down for anything, funny quips, funny jokes, and could, could regal you with stories like he was Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, he had these things that you were like, did that really happen to you? Like Gordon in Vancouver has lived a million lives. In fact, so much so that after we posted pictures of him doing all these crazy things at Bob's Bar, I got a tweet that simply said, or actually it was a DM that simply said, hey, that's my dad from one of his daughters. <laughs> so Gordon in Vancouver, conquering hero, coming back to New York after the Bob's Bar circle of glory. When we come back here on the show, Andy Burcham's going to join us. Voice of the Auburn Tigers. Year one of Hugh Freeze. How's it look? DA, CBS Sports Radio. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The DA Show counts down the days until the electricity of college football season returns with the game's greatest voices. Get a tip off. And Lewis going on the defection. Lewis is going to score. Lewis is going to score. Lewis is going to score. Touchdown over. Touchdown over. Got a block from Brown. 50, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Don't win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Touchdown, Boston College. He did it. He did it. Cody did it. All the band is out. The Bears have won! Oh my God! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football. It's the sounds of Saturday, every morning on CBS Sports Radio. Game's over. It's a touchback. Auburn wins. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He fumbled into the end zone trying to stretch out the ball and he clearly fumbled he clearly
clearly fumbled. A win last year for Auburn as Missouri fumbled in overtime. The voice you hear is our next guest. He's been part of the Auburn Tigers broadcast team since 1995. He's a play-by-play voice of football, men's basketball, and baseball. Joining us here on the show is our friend Andy Bertram. Andy, good morning. Morning, Damon. Getting ready on the planes. Getting ready. It's a good time to be alive. Just a couple yes, of weeks indeed. from kickoff of the college football season. You can watch Andy as part of our telecast on both the Twitch feed and the YouTube channel, CBS Sports Radio and WatchDA.com. Auburn will open up at home against UMass coming up Saturday, September the 2nd, and a new vibe as Hugh Freeze is on the sidelines of the Auburn Tigers. Tell me the early vibes from the new head coach. Well, a lot of excitement. Uh, Auburn has sold out its uh, season tickets uh, for the first time ever. They've sold more wow. season tickets going into this season. Uh, so there's a great deal of excitement on the Plains. And and really, since the time that Hugh Freeze was hired in November, uh, he has gone about getting together his brand-new staff and then revamping this roster. And say what you want about NIL. Say what you want about the transfer portal. But it has allowed Auburn to completely revamp a roster that was in desperate need of doing that. And then what he has done with recruiting classes for 24 and 25 and just his past success, whether it be at Lambeth or Arkansas State, Ole Miss or Liberty, uh, there's a great deal of excitement going into to the 2023 season here at Auburn. Is it because Auburn fans recognize that the lift at Ole Miss is heavier than at Auburn, and if he could do it at Ole Miss, then they've got confidence he can do it on the Plains? I just think it's it's his past because he's done it wherever he's been. Look what he did at Liberty uh, in the last couple of years and bringing that program to to new heights. Certainly what he did at Ole Miss, the fact that he did it in the SEC and that he did it in the SEC West, and he has a couple wins against Alabama under his belt. I think all of that goes into the excitement uh, of what Auburn expects this season and uh, and expects for the future, not just this season, but beyond. Any hesitation from part of the fan base or any observers because of the way that things ended for Hugh Freeze and Ole Miss with the NCAA? I think everyone had to deal with that a little bit, and they came to their own conclusion on that. And there was some pushback uh, when, when he was named the, the Auburn head coach. But in, in times that I've had with Hugh Freeze, and that's been limited because the man has been recruiting almost nonstop since the time that he was put in as Auburn's head coach. I think he's done everything he can to try and gain the trust of, of the Auburn family. And he said, listen, I, I am not owed anything. When he was hired, I am not owed anything. I will, I will have to gain your trust. And um, I think he's done just that in, in his time at Auburn. He's been very, he's been very uh, uh, present on campus and in different events as much as he can while trying to get ready for this season. So, Listen, I mean, when when that first loss comes, then then we'll wait and see what what happens at that point. But to this point, I think he has done a good job of gaining the trust of, of the Auburn family. Andy Bertram is the voice of the Tigers, joins us this morning here on the show. I am really surprised to hear that Auburn has never sold out its season ticket allotment, that this is the first yeah. year. I mean, they've had a lot of great teams, a lot of great expectations. So that's, that's pretty surprising. This is... You could argue this is the year with the biggest expectations or the biggest optimism ever? 
Yeah. It's they've sold out season tickets this year. There are still a couple games that have not been sold out as far as single season or single game tickets, but this is the first year that they've sold out their season tickets. It was a big, it was a big push. I mean, this was one of the, the, the big ventures of, of John Cohen, Auburn's athletic director and his executive staff uh, coming in. So, um, and, and Auburn had some more season tickets to sell because um, as, as it is in the sec now, opposing teams aren't getting as many tickets per game. So there have been more season tickets to sell this year. So it's fun. It's funny. They're, they're very, very excited. As Brian we Har- the Brian Harson era obviously never got off the ground, and there was a lot of criticism around him. And just everybody was kind of like agitated seemingly for a while. What what was broken that needed to be fixed after Harson left that that Hugh was trying to, to get right? I think one word, recruiting. Recruiting is is the one area that that Auburn had to do a much better job at, and that's what that's what Hugh Freeze has done. Um, he hit the transfer portal hard. There are there's well over twenty on this roster that will play, perhaps in game one, that were not here a year ago. And I'm not wow. talking about true freshmen coming in. I'm talking about guys that were playing at Liberty and Appalachian State and Kentucky and Purdue and Western Kentucky in years past. So that's the big change for this year. But but what he has done in getting ready for the 24 recruiting class and the 25 recruiting class gives Auburn fans as much hope as anything because it just it wasn't done to the level that it, you have to do it in the Southeastern Conference. Listen, Alabama and Georgia recruit five-star players and then develop them. Everybody has to recruit and develop in the Southeastern Conference, and it's only going to get tougher next season when Texas and Oklahoma join the Southeastern Conference. And there's a lot of talent in and around the state of Alabama, and so developing those relationships with high school coaches and you know people in the mix there is is highly important. It always felt like... Uh, perhaps Harson just kind of missed that part of the equation. Has Hugh been focusing on the immediate region around Auburn, or is he looking at the entire Southeast? Uh, both. Both, and and heavily both. Uh, listen, remember, Hugh Freeze was a high school football coach at one point, a head high school football coach, so he knows what it's like to be on the other side of the picture here. And they've been everywhere. He and his staff have been everywhere. Uh, recruiting and visiting and making themselves known at high schools, not only in the state of Alabama, but in Georgia and in Florida and Tennessee and Mississippi. Uh, it's what Coach Die used to do. Listen, you're going to hear you're going to hear the, the similarities between any coach at Auburn and what Coach Die did in the early '80s in building this program to what it is right now. And he was a relentless recruiter. And I've watched it. I've watched Hugh Freeze be a relentless recruiter. We we did ambush tours in Nashville and Huntsville and LaGrange, Georgia and Atlanta. And when he wasn't on stage with me uh, talking to folks there, there was a phone to his ear. He was talking to recruits constantly on the plane, even on the plane. In the cars, driving to and from. It has been nonstop 
for, for Hugh Freeze and his staff. You got a lot of talent to come through some places that don't usually get that type of talent like Ole Miss, like Liberty. So we'll see if it pays dividends, but sounds like he's on the right track already at Auburn. Andy Burcham is the voice of the Tigers. He joins us this morning on the show. I know you never want to get ahead of yourself and you have some non-conference games, UMass, Cal, Samford the first three weeks, and then you're at Texas A&M for Auburn. But boy, to have Georgia come into Jordan Hare on September the 30th, I, it's hard not to circle that game. I know that maybe the two programs are at different levels of of growth right now, but how how much anticipation is it to have Georgia come into Jordan Hare this year? Sure, and it's you know it's we for for Auburn folks they they know that Georgia is the oldest right Georgia Auburn Auburn Georgia the oldest rivalry in the Deep South, and you can. You can enhance that even more in the fact that it's Georgia coming in as a two-time defending national champion. And no team has dominated Auburn like Georgia has of late. Uh, that's That's been Auburn's biggest struggle year in and year out for quite some time now, that, that, that Georgia program. That will be an enormous game. Here, the, the, the two road games going in, though, Cal, just because it's your first road game and you're going cross-country, and you've got a lot of new guys that are going to be going cross-country and playing in front of a hostile atmosphere at, in Berkeley in that first that first road game. And then you go to Texas A&M, and what do you expect from an offense that will have Bobby Petrino as the offensive coordinator with Jimbo Fisher? How does that mesh? That'll be very interesting to see. And the best recruiting classes the last couple of years have been at Texas A&M. Do we see those recruiting classes come to fruition on the field in front of over 100,000 at Kyle Field uh, down at Texas A&M? So, yeah, that the Georgia game at the end of September is an enormous game. It's a big game regardless of where it is in the schedule and where it is, whether you're playing at Jordan-Hare or whether you're playing at Sanford Stadium. But those two road games going in, those are the two that have my attention at this point. How has the QB race clarified or maybe muddied over the last yeah. few days or weeks? Yeah, it has not clarified. Um, <laughs> listening to to you freeze, Auburn scrimmaged on Saturday. And Hugh told us after the scrimmage that he had his mind made up until the scrimmage. And he wanted to go back and look at film. Whether it was Peyton Thorne, transfer from Michigan State, there's another one of the tr transfers I was talking about. Whether it's Robbie Ashford, who at the end of last season was Auburn's QB1, or whether it's Holden Gurner, who is a redshirt freshman out of Savannah, Georgia, and was a state champion. And so, and all three are different kinds of quarterback. Now, who made the most move on Saturday? Anyone's guess at this point, both Gurner and Ashford threw touchdown passes in the scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, Thorne did not, but Hugh free said his, his mind was made up going into the scrimmage and he wanted to go back and look at film before he declares who he believes is a number one quarterback. He wants to do that shortly and then concentrate on that first and second string quarterback as, as Auburn gets ready classes start here Wednesday. So the, the fall camp is about to end and then they'll get into the rhythm of practicing while they're going to class as well. You've been part of the Auburn broadcast team for a long time. You've been around college football and college athletics for a long, long time. 
I'd love to get your sense of realignment and how you feel about the sport and what we've seen over the last two weeks. I'm not sure any of us could have envisioned this 10 years ago. A USC or UCLA being part of the Big Ten or Oregon or Washington being part of the Big Ten. It was the, 10 years ago, that, w- that was preposterous to think of it. It started, really, the, this latest round started with Texas and Oklahoma during SEC football media days a couple of years ago. It literally broke while Greg Sankey was doing interviews on, on Radio Row. And that's what started all of this. Could we have, it, could we have ever envisioned the, the, the Pac-12 dissolving at this point? I mean, to think that this is happening is remarkable. I think the SEC feels good where it is right now. I think the SEC feels good in the fact that it feels it doesn't have to make a move as far as realignment is concerned. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But, you know, with the Big 12, what it appears, going away, the ACC thinking about trying to get a Stanford into the ACC, although it sounds like they're, they're voting that down right now. And Florida State and Clemson saying we need more money or we're bolting at this point. Um, I, I don't know what to make of the realignment at this point, but I'm glad that Auburn's in the SEC, and that appears to be very stable at this point. And, and the biggest winner coming out of this right now is, the, is, is you know, the guys in, in – at, a, at Kansas and, and, and that group at this point with, with getting Arizona and Arizona State and Utah. So, goodness, I, that, that's my thought on, on alignment right now. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, it's a perplexing time for everybody that's observed college football for a long time. As you said, 10 years ago, this would have been unthinkable, and yet today it feels totally like anything is in play. Like you have to, pre- exactly. you have to prepare for absolutely any iteration and you you can't even be surprised by it anymore but it is still a very uncomfortable and um unstabilized feel destabilized feel around college football no question i mean the big 12s to me is that they're the ones that came out the big winner in the last month or so and it seemed like the the first domino to fall was colorado moving from the pac-12 to the big 12 and then everything else is happening at this point so it's, it's a remarkable time. I'm not sure it's a great the, w- the way this is happening, but it is the reality of what is happening right now. I think it's a good way to put it. It's, it's a remarkable time. Not sure if it's good, but it's certainly a remarkable time to be no. watching college football unfold. Well, Auburn's got huge expectations now that they've got a new head coach and a renewed sense of optimism, and so the season's going to be fascinating. Andy Burcham is the voice of the Tigers, and he's kind enough to join us this morning here on the show. Andy, have a great call coming up to start the season, and hopefully we'll catch up during the year as well. I always appreciate our visits. My pleasure, Damon. I look forward to talking with you again. Have a great day. Right on. You too. Andy Burcham joining us this morning here on the program. Always good to talk some ball. College football sounds a Saturday continue throughout this week with five more stories around college football that we are targeting with different programs around the sport. Standing by with a headline this morning is Emmanuel Barbari. Emmanuel, good morning. Good morning, DA. James Harden's latest saga is running a little deeper, this time with a guy who's had his back in Sixers president 
Daryl Morey. Morey brought Harden to Andy, stuck with him the last year and a half, and recently ended trade talks at the Clippers, which is where Harden reportedly wanted to go. But Harden, after planning to skip out on training camp, saying publicly during his China tour today, two days after those trade talks ended, quote, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be part of an organization he's a part of. And Harden repeated himself, said it again, said it twice, his courtesy of Shams on Twitter. Harden was speaking to a crowd in China, now puts his situation with the Sixers even more in flux. Harden picked up his $35.5 million option in June with the expectation he'd been he'd be traded so the Sixers didn't like what they were seeing in the package from the Clippers, and now Harden still wants out. Ridiculous. Uh, just, He's just ridiculous. Just incredible. Colts running back Jonathan Taylor expected to join the team in training camp this week. He initially reported to training camp, didn't play, recovering from that offseason ankle surgery. Then last week, he left the facility to continue his rehab out of state. Still doesn't want to be with the Colts. The contract situation up in the air, but Taylor is supposed to be at camp this week. Other running back news as the Saints topped the Chiefs in preseason action yesterday. Rookie running back Kendra Miller left the game with a knee injury. It's reportedly a sprained knee and the same one he injured uh, back in December at the Fiesta Bowl. The Saints are already shorthanded. Alvin Kamara, that three-game suspension. Miller had the chance to compete for some significant time. The injury has been called a sprain and now he's set to undergo more testing. The injury news also positives for the Saints, particularly with Derek Carr, looked strong in an opening touchdown drive. Felt good. Um, felt efficient. It was nice to get a couple of situations in there and get third down, you know, um, you know, get some red zone um, and all that stuff because, again, they don't tell us, like, how much we're going to play and all that. So to get a couple of situations in there and then, you know, throughout the game to talk, you know, talk, talk through things with Pete and certain situations and things like that in a game time scenario. Saints won at 26-24. Patrick Mahomes limited action early, two for two. 15 yards. Baseball Yankees haven't had a losing season in 31 years after a crushing loss in Miami, oh, blowing a four-run lead in the bottom of the ninth in inning. It's in jeopardy. Yankees lose two out of three to the Marlins. Jake Berger, the walk-off hit for Miami. So here's how much it's in jeopardy. Yankees are 60-58 and 58 with 44 games to play. Can they turn it around? We have to. We gotta, we're going to play a great team tomorrow, and we got to be ready to go, period. So... Uh, we know we got to rack up wins, and uh, as tough as this one is to swallow, you got to move move on from it. Doesn't get easier. One years, so ninety two. Ninety two. They won seventy six games. No losing season since then. Wow, they haven't had a losing season since thirty years ago, since the early nineties, right. and now they're only two games over five hundred. Forty four to play, and as Aaron Boone said, they're in Atlanta to face the best team in baseball, the Braves. Beginning tonight, so can they win a game or do they exit Atlanta one game under five hundred? That's True, that's very yeah. much in play. Could be under. Wow, Pete the body. How will you celebrate if the Yankees leave Atlanta sub five hundred? Oh, that's a that's a tough celebration. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I love seeing Braves misery, but I mean, when uh, the team Yankees across, misery. Uh, Yankees, well, Yankees misery, but at the Braves' expense. Yeah. <laughs> the, the he Bra- wants three game ties. I, I, I want, yeah, <laughs> three ties. I, I want a uh, old rainouts so the okay. whole the whole weekend. It's how the games canceled. <laughs> <laughs> no postponement. Right. It, it is. It is a, the worst case scenario in both situations. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, Marlins come back on the Yankees. The Nationals did the Marlins one better. Marlins, uh, no, not the Marlins. The Nationals rallied for five of the ninth. <laughs> for six to shock the A's. 8-7. Jeter Downs capped the bottom of the ninth inning rally 
with a walk-off single. Giants walked off the Rangers 3-2 in the 10th. Rookie Patrick Badley with a game-winning two-run homer. That after Logan Webb was pulled one out from a complete game shutout, the lead was relinquished, but Badley made sure it wasn't a debilitating loss in inning later. Orioles, in stunning fashion, staved off the Mariners 5-3. Cedric Mullins off the bench in the sixth inning. Robbed a potential tie France game-tying homer in the ninth. Then Seattle tied it on a Dominic Canzone homer one batter later, but Mullins and the Orioles had the last laugh. Go ahead, two-run shot in the 10th inning for manager Brandon Hyde. What an, when he came down and pumped his fist, that was, uh, that was an amazing feeling in our dugout. Um, he's just such a good player and just a great defender. And as for that home run? He didn't start the game, but he finished it, and uh, it was amazing. Not how you start, it's how you finish for the Orioles and Cedric Mullins. MLB investigating social media posts involving Ray star shortstop Wander Franco. The post would indicate he was dating a minor. Franco didn't play yesterday in the Rays' 9-2 loss to the Guardians. He's not traveling with the team to San Francisco. Rays release a statement. They're cooperating with the league and take the allegations seriously. Franco is an all-star this year, 22 years old, and he signed through 2032. And they're your headlines. Oh, boy. Wander Franco's under contract longer than the ACC's TV deal. Right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Emmanuel. Great job today. Appreciate it. When we come back on the show, Advanced Analytics, do you know who Nathan Rourke is? <laughs> <laughs> and does Dan and Mechanicsburg have the job yet? DA, <laughs> CBS Sports Radio. Analytics is just a term that's kind of thrown around a lot. It's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. A tendency to believe this final segment should be Nathan Rourke heavy. After what happened in the first segment, there was a quarterback for the Jaguars. It looked like his number was 1-6 that bounced off three defenders and threw a strike for a touchdown, and I'm like, damn, Trevor Lawrence is awesome. (laughs) And then I realized in my ear after Carlos with a K told me, oh, that's Nathan Rourke. So the question is, do you know who Nathan Rourke is? 65% of you said, who? 21% said, of course I did. And 14% said, isn't he Trevor Lawrence? (laughs) (laughs) That was your vote. (laughs) That was my vote. Wait a second. Now, the data department tells us Nathan Rourke is a Canadian professional football quarterback for the Jaguars, (laughs) who played for the BC Lions of the Canadian Football League, where he set the single-season record for completion percentage last year. Growing up, Nathan Rourke idolized Brett Favre. He was quoted by saying, my parents got me a highlight video of the 96 Packers, and I watched that instead of cartoons. This is a man after my own... Heart. I, I knew I liked this guy. And finally, his younger brother, Curtis Rourke, plays QB for the Ohio Bobcats football team of the Mac, the same team Nathan played for. So how about that? Nathan Rourke was a Bobcat. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, I led off the show talking about The Ravens winning another preseason game. This dates all the way back to 2015. One of the craziest stats in sports. Randomly, the the Ravens have not lost a preseason game since 2015. And then I very calmly, smoothly segued into how much I love this throw from Trevor Lawrence. 
bouncing off defenders and throwing a strike for the, for the Jaguars. And it went on and on and on and on and on and on and on until the commercial break when Carlos with a K let me know, DA, that wasn't Trevor Lawrence. Here it is, your epic fail. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. Elsewhere in the preseason, did anybody else see that throw by Trevor Lawrence against the Cowboys? No! Ooh. Oh, that's not right. And I've always felt like it was inevitable that this guy was going to be a, a sublime QB. Well, there was a play in Saturday's preseason <laughs> game, which was a win for the Jaguars, 28-23. No! Where I'm not sure why you're playing Trevor Lawrence in the preseason. Frankly, I would rather see him not in there. But Either. No! He takes the snap. He goes back to pass. The Cowboys kind of collapse the pocket. Okay, so he's under duress. He's probably going to be sacked or throw it away. No! He rolls to his right, and he bounces off a, a would-be tackler. He then bounces off another, so he's broken two potential tackle slash sacks. And then as he's getting dragged down by a third, before his knee touches the ground, he's able to steady himself, really plant his plant leg so that he actually has a base and fling it near sideline. No! Freaking throws a strike for a touchdown to Christian Kirk. And it's just an absolutely beautiful strike, I believe. Or maybe it was Zay Jones. I forget who it was. My brain just sucks. It is 6.23 in the morning. We've already wrapped up the epic fail. I got it done in the first segment. Carlos with a K, you can thank me later. This throw is amazing. I go on and on and on about Trevor Lawrence. I love Trevor Lawrence. Hey, boys. In my ear during the commercial break, Carlos with a K is like, that throw you were talking about? That's Nathan Rourke. Who the hell is Nathan Rourke? You asked me if he looked like Trevor Lawrence, and I'm like, I'm trying to be nice, saying, yeah, sort of. He doesn't does look remotely he like does. Nathan Rourke. Somebody give him a starting job right now. The guy's amazing. Just a little note here on the <laughs> immortal Nathan York. <laughs> so it's definitely say. Rourke. What did I say? York. York? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Nathan Rourke uh, hails from York. <laughs> You just look, keep making this fail longer and longer, man. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. A tweeter by the name of Importer Exporter simply said, DA, that wasn't Trevor Lawrence who threw the pass that you spent five minutes talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's a good oh, show. You should God. check it out. <laughs> <laughs> this coming on the heels of intern Brooke being asked, okay, who was the most, who was the most, uh, how do we describe this? Uh, unpredictable person at CBS sports radio. And she said, DA, I think it was you. I said, Oh really? Yeah, Cause I never knew when you were actually at the office. You were never here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rack up this show for 12 right. DAs. <laughs> yeah. 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 Boss has got to be really happy about today's show. Uh, DA, you spent the cold open talking about a player that wasn't on the field during the play that you dissected. Uh, and then the intern said she's never met you because you're never in the office. Uh, so <laughs> you have an incredible day. review coming up. <laughs> can, can we have a talk? <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> 
I will tell you, I am super excited about this week because uh, I love the cast of thousands. And so today, Emmanuel Barbari was doing our updates. Uh, tomorrow, Caserta is in. It's always fun. I haven't seen Caserta in a long time because every time that I'm in, he's off. When uh, So that's going to be because Bogus is out all week long. Uh, we have a Chris Lepresti in here on Wednesday, which is great. Then a Boyle's coming in here on Thursday. Carlos with a K the entire week. And, uh, and Sorry, Pete the Marie. Body the entire the entire week as well. So we will have a, and, a whole... And hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, Greg Caserta will be hosting for you on Friday. Oh, and Caserta is actually hosting on a summer Friday. Yes. You're welcome, okay. Roger. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we have... We got a lot of goods coming up this week. So I'm I'm excited to get going. Uh, I'm in studio the rest of the week, so I'm excited to see everybody. I'm sorry, Brooke, that this was your last day. <laughs> If you'd like to, <laughs> you'd like to come back for one more uh, shift. Uh, I will be in the studio at some point the rest of the week, so uh, maybe we can catch up then. If not, uh, happy trails. I hope you had a wonderful internship and that we treated you well around. Here. <laughs> my review for today's show from the superiors will be on my desk here shortly, and it'll be f f f f f f. You big stack of paper. Uh, <laughs> we need to talk. All right, thanks to Carlos Ortiz as your executive producer. Thanks to Pete the Body Bellotti on the Wheels of Steel. Thanks to Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA. Emmanuel Barbari on your headlines. And intern Brooke, I'm DA. The Mothership Disconnects. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.